Welcome, everyone, to 2023 season episode 16 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news notes and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run at Kansas Speedway. Steve, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Obviously, fresh off this race from Kansas, but I have to say, um, maybe we want to slow down on the Kansas recap first because we really haven't had a chance to sit down and uh, chat about the amazing 100th episode of the Team Blaney podcast we had last week, where we finally got to sit down, as I said, with the man himself, Ryan Blaney. Um, what a big day for us and uh, what a big day for for all the, the listeners out there and the fans of Ryan that I feel like we kind of gave them something maybe they haven't really seen before. Yeah, it was um, it was really, really nice to be able to set that up. Uh, at the timing, couldn't have been any better, uh, making it the 100th episode. Uh, but uh, what people don't know is like Ryan, he gave us more of his time than he was supposed to. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he really seemed to enjoy himself, but, uh, he was really, really great at answering, uh, the questions. We didn't have to edit anything out. Um, you know, it was a pu- purely great uh, interview. Um, and, uh, we all had a great time doing it. And, uh, who knows, maybe in the future he'll come back, uh, like I kidded him on the podcast, maybe he can come back, correct us at some point if he needs to. Um, but, uh, it was really, really great to do. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope everybody goes, uh, I know the, the, the YouTube version is the best version to you know, cause you can watch it. Um, and, and you may want to watch it cause, uh, there's some great reactions to some things that are said, uh, we all cracking each other up a little bit with some things and, uh, you know, I had a blast doing it. Yeah. I really hope that we're able to touch on some subjects, some historical things, especially if you only started following Ryan just a couple of years ago, or once he got to the cup series, I mean, there's a lot in his background there on his rise up through the levels that maybe you didn't know about. Um, if you're a long time fan of the Blaney's, there's a lot of cool Dave Blaney tidbits in there along the way. Um, and everything that we talked about, I thought was amazing in the response. Um, I think I speak for Steve as well. You know, the response has been amazing to this episode as far as, you know, you know, record numbers of downloads and, um, probably, I know we haven't really been on YouTube that much, but you know, our biggest YouTube video to date. And I know that's just going to keep growing, uh, because it's not, it wasn't a super timely episode. I tried to make sure that, you know, this is something people could probably come in and watch at any time and still learn a lot about Ryan. So, um, share it with your friends. Um, share it with our fellow NASCAR fans, maybe somebody that doesn't have maybe a favorite driver yet. They can learn a lot about Ryan and his personality just throughout that interview. And like I said, thank you to everybody that supported us the last uh, three years. And hopefully we'll make this a yearly thing where we get to sit down and chat with Ryan going forward. Um, so this, if it is your first time listening, um, we'll give you a taste here of what we do week to week. And a lot of that is some in-depth analysis, some look at some strategy. Uh, Steve basically does almost a lap by lap recap of everything that happened throughout the race. So if it's your first time, welcome. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully uh, you'll enjoy what you hear here. If you haven't heard us before, we're, we definitely try to give you a breakdown of things that happened, how they happened. 
Um, and then, um, you know, do some fantasy afterward, talk about, uh, what we think is going to happen in the next week's, uh, race. Um, but, uh, what's interesting is, is we've been doing this for three years now and we have gained some access to some people within the organization who've been kind enough to answer a question or two when we have them, um, to kind of help us out. Um, you know, I don't know everything about racing. I never will. Um, so I always try to ask some questions that hopefully I can bring, uh, bring you the answers to when you've heard something on the radio or the scanner. And that's the other thing we do listen to the scanner pretty much most of the race. So, um, we try to get a good grasp of, um, strategy and pit calls and, and the things that you're trying to do that, uh, other teams might not be do- doing and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you'll find as you listen to it more and more that, uh, that, uh, everybody is going in the right direction. They're working together and, uh, to lately really even though the results weren't great this week they did a great job um executing all the different things this week yeah and the team has definitely been on a really good run the, the past couple of races as you said this one wasn't maybe on the highlight reel of finishes for the year just because of the way the strategy worked out at the end of the thing but i think the team like you said pointed in the right direction uh, a lot of good people around them and uh why don't we jump into this recap and yeah, right off the bat the weather uh, is going to play a huge factor in the weekend because it was hot and slippery and uh that uh you know tire wear was going to be a big thing um so saturday they start off with practice and uh ryan's in group a um and uh they always do that single lap thing so a lot of people read into that um within his group he's about fifth or sixth sixth or seventh it kind of changes and then uh you know he talks about it being pretty tight taken off and uh, they come in and make an adjustment um and the 22 was the fastest at one point. Um, but uh, Ryan runs about seven more laps when they come back out. Uh, and they talk about where the 22 was running, how he got the got some good laps going. So, you know, a lot of it's about what heads, what, uh, what your averages are like at the end of a practice, you know. Uh, about 10 minutes into it, they're seventh fastest of that group. Um, they went in, they come back out. Uh, they ran one lap and then... Um, less than one tenth to the third third team in practice. So uh even though they were seventh with if they got a tenth faster, they'd be like second or third on the chart. So it's really not real real bad. Um 18 total laps run. Uh the 78 crash on the back stretch. And I'm not sure if it was a tire that went down there. Um and uh they come out for qualifying in group uh Group air here, and was 17th to come out for qualifying. He ends up P3, uh, making it to the pole qualifying. Um, the top five in uh, Group B were all faster than everybody in, in Group A. So that's another thing about running the, who runs what group. And, and if a cloud comes over at the right time, um, it just, it you know, they tried to get rid of this by doing that qualifying uh, session where it was like 10 minutes and then five minutes, you know, and they, you know, they'd hoped that it got rid of that, but now they're, you know, they got, they couldn't do that anymore because they were gaming the system there. So now they go back to uh, an older version of qualifying or something, you know, but it, when you watched it, if a cloud came over at the right time, you know, yeah. somebody was a little bit faster, you know? 
I think they said that really impacted this weekend. And some of it was a cloud. Some of it was just the way the sun was moving. They said there's a shadow in one of the turns that kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's cooling the track down. Um, mm-hmm. So the later you went out, the the better it ended up being. So it's unfortunate, but hey, you know, Ryan made that top five in his group. So guaranteed top 10 starting spot. And um, obviously a poll would be great, you know, to get one every once in a while. But if you can start in the top 10 every week, you're in pretty decent spot. Yeah, you know, he 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 kind of I think he thinks that he may have messed the lap up a little bit cuz when he gets done with his qual- uh pole qualifying lap he says he he thought it was going to be uh pick up a little bit and he he didn't pick up much from his uh his previous run. Uh the 24 gets the pole, Ryan does end up starting 10th. Um so we get to Sunday, we got stages of 80, 165, 267, nine sets of tires, a fuel run of 60 to 65 laps. Uh, was in pit stall 28, which was open in front of him and the 31 behind him. So most of the race, they don't have to mess with anybody. And this, this helps pit stops a ton. Uh, the, to the rear was the 78, the seven, the 47. We, uh, Roger, I got Rogers in the house because, uh, Roger comes on the, uh, uh, scanner there and, and, and talks to Ryan real quick. Um, Ryan talks about being married to the fence for a while after a restart, um, and then he asks to let him know if he can get lower on the track. Um, they're waiting for the track to rubber in, basically. Um, Twenty four starts the race though in the low lane. Um, I thought I thought everybody would start high lane, but they they didn't. Um, by lap three, he's in tenth, and the one takes the lead at that point. Um, at lap four, he's battling the five, the one, the forty five. Lap five, the twenty passes. He's back to eleventh. Um, then at lap six, we get the 45, uh, <laughs> taking the five out <laughs> for, um, the, yeah, the five ended up getting punted a couple times, didn't he? Yeah. This one is a little bit more egregious. I think both of them were, this one was more of a mistake, definitely by Reddick here who probably felt a little bit bad <laughs> about what he did luckily. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the broadcast crew kind of pointed this out that, um, Larson in his car control uh, may have saved his race because it had been really easy for him to spin and then come back up the track in front of the field, but he was able to lock it down and live on to fight uh, eventually for a win here at the end of this race. So, um, but yeah, we get, we'll talk about the other incident. I'm sure when it happens a little bit later in your report, but all <laughs> yeah. ended up well uh, after this one, he just had uh it just made him uh, race from the back. Um the 45 is now the leader. And of course everybody's staying out because this happened early on. Um, and uh, he takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom for this restart uh, lap 11. Uh, he sorts out to P 12 here and uh, lap 12. He's actually the 13th. Um, this is way too tight here. Chattering like crazy. Um, lap 15, the four passes back to 14th at lap 18. He passes the 17. He's up to 13th. So things are sorting out now. The comers and goers are starting to happen. Uh, lap 19, he passes the 22. He's up to 12th. At lap 24, he passes the four. He's up to 11th. He says the front is starting to come in a little bit. Um, he's still doing a little bit of a four-wheel dr- drift off of two. Um, let's see. The 19 takes the lead at lap 28. So there's a lot of passing happening at the front here. Um, lap 31, he passes the 34, he's into 10th and he's the top forward at that point. Uh, even though it's 10th, uh, lap 35, uh, passes the 24 pin who starts to pit green flag pit cycle here. So he's about 10th starting this or ninth starting this cycle at lap 40, they do pit and it's a 10.110 second stop. Um, I found it. I found 
access to where these uh, these numbers are on on NASCAR.com. They actually have a uh, an area where you can find the pit stops. Uh, usually takes uh, about two or three minutes after a pit stop cycle. Um, they post them within uh, this uh, comparison area, so I can find them. I um, I will say this: I don't know how they measure the pit stop. I don't know if they measure it based on when the car actually stops in the box or once it enters the box and exits the box. Um, but ten point one one is really good. Uh, these guys are not going to do sub 10 second stops every time. Uh, if they get one or two in a day, it's going to be great. But if they keep them under 11, um, and w- which they, which you'll see as I do these today, all of them under 11, uh, that's a really, really good consistent all day long. I like to use a, what Denny Hamlin has kind of said. So Denny Hamlin's pit crew can bust off. So, you know, sub 10 second stops every once in a while, but they're incredibly inconsistent and have cost him a lot this year specifically. And one thing he has liked to say all year long to them is like, just keep me in the fight. So, and I think he's even said, you know, I just want consistent stops. They don't need to be super fast. If I lose one or two positions, that that's fine. Just can't lose, you know, handfuls of positions, everything. So I think we, we kind of judge it the same way. Just keep them in the fight, get a sub 10 second stop every once in a while, if you can pull it off. Uh, but really just need that consistency in order to win races. As you'll see, as I, as I update these, as we go along too, that most of the time, the sub 11 second stop will gain positions. It will. Um, so that's at lap 40 with their pitting there at lap 46. Um, He's in 12th, and the 7 is leading. At lap 47, uh, he passes the 14. He's up to 11th, and the 11 is leading at this point. Lap 53, he passes the 1 car to get to 9th. Um, at lap 55, the 20 passes him. He's in 10th. So uh, this is where he makes his statement about the Toyotas are a joke, <laughs> uh, me- meaning they're just that much better. And yeah. uh, even though a Toyota doesn't end up, uh, you know, at one point, there's six of the top seven cars of Toyota. So that tells you they've hit on something for sure. Um, let's see, 14 loses a tire on pit road at this point, but it, I don't think it brings out the caution. So uh, lap 57 is up to ninth. So we've done a green flag cycle here within 10, 15 laps of the end of that cycle. He's back to where he was. So obviously it was pretty good. Uh, lap 58, he passes the six and gets to eighth. The 19 is leading. Uh, lap 71, um, Ryan starts to talk about adjustments here. He's like a little bit of front turn. Uh, the 11 is taking the lead at this point. So at lap 80 here, we got the 11 winning the stage and Ryan finishing eighth, um, getting some stage points right off the first, right off the bat. And uh, the, the top forward at this point. And for most of the day, actually, till till the third stage, he, he pretty much is the top forward all day out there. Yeah, and his teammates were struggling at this point. Um might talk about some strategy that Joey does a little bit later to get track position. Um, but the two, you know, fired off really, really bad. Um, one thing that, I mean, we've noticed in these, some of the, the initial start of the race and the one restart that they had, they, the 12 car didn't fire off on restarts well at all for the, you know, the majority of stage one, all of stage one and the majority of stage two, I think, but as we'll talk about this. So, you know, for me, I was just thinking, all right, this just must be a long run car. And we just, we're just going to need long runs the rest of this day. If we're going to look uh, for a, a good finish. Um, so they talk about um, that the track, uh, the track should continue to free up, you know, with the conditions. Um and Roger gets on and kind of gives him an attaboy. I write, just wrote down attaboy. I mean, he says something positive, but uh, they do four tires here. Um, 
and different things like, you know, Jonathan says here, when it's open, give the guys a little gap to the 23. Um, and I, the 23, I think, was coming in in front of them. But what it would do is that it gives those guys a little bit of time to jump out there, you know, uh, a little bit of a gap between the cars so that they know they can jump out there and not get hit by another car because um, they can pull in a box or two ahead of time, too. So uh, they come in eighth, go out sixth on this pit stop. Uh, with a 10.077 second stop. Um, so we get to our restart here for lap 88. The 11 is leading. He takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom from that position. Um, bold, <laughs> so I have bold move on the restart here because Ryan goes low uh, after the start finish line because you can't go below the line until after the start finish. And he tries to go around a couple guys uh, down low. <laughs> it works for a lap or so. He gets to fifth here, but then. Um, at lap 89, the five passes him, and he's talking about being very, very tight on the restart. Um, lap 91, he's back to eighth. At lap 93, uh, the 23, the 54, 45, and the nine are all racing right in front of Ryan. And it's really kind of dicey because any one of them could hit, hit you know, another one. And the 19 and the 11 are racing for the lead at that point. So lap 95, we do pass the 45, get to seventh. But at lap 97, the 20 passes and uh, gets to eighth. Uh, on that um that lap 98 the five ends up passing we're back in ninth that lap 99 the 48 has passed us and we're in 10th um ryan does comment here we're firing off very terrible can't defend on a restart um and at lap 108 we got a caution for the two car in the wall um too tight taking off he tells him you know i mean and we get um is this when the two's wheel falls off too i no, I think that's later. Or is it that that early in the race? It might be now. That early in the race. But yeah, so this is yeah. like a, you already mentioned the fourteen. So, so the two left their wheel loose and it actually you know comes off. Maybe at, at this point, um, and there's a couple other guys that are backing up on when these happens on pit happens on pit road. So it's yeah. weird. We haven't really been dealing with this this lug nut thing, single lug issue for a little while here. Uh, but there's definitely a rash of them happening at Kansas. I don't know if it's just people. Uh, pit, yeah. pit crew is going real fast, you know, just some human error here, but it was weird to see this. It was almost mm-hmm. felt reminiscent of maybe the, you know, the early races of uh, last season. So we come in 10th and we leave the pits ninth with a stop of 10.53. 23 leads at this point, takes the top. Brian takes the top, restarting at lap 113. Uh, within a lap or two, we store it out to 10th, um, but lap 116, um, uh, Actually, uh, in eighth at that point, uh, lap. Oh, so oh, I'm sorry. He goes back to 14th by that by lap 116. I'm sorry. So this is once again on the restart. Things getting really dicey. Uh, but lap 123, 17 passes. He's in 15th. Uh, the 19 is now leading. Uh, and Ryan says he's doing his best not to wreck it here. Um, so at lap 138, we did caution for the 10. And R- R- Ryan says we can't fire off that tight. Um, we're pitting, uh, coming in 14th and we're leaving 11th with a 10.043 second stop. Uh, Jonathan and, and, and here's where it starts. Jonathan and Ryan are talking about the tire date codes at this point. Um, and I've got another note in the next pit stop. I think where Roger actually gets on and talks about it too. Um, so the five leads takes the low Ryan takes the, the high, the restart lap 143 sorts out to 10th. At lap 146, he passes the 48, gets to ninth, 
And he says it fired off better for sure. So what had happened here is they, they were talking about the date codes and what Jonathan told him is we're on a newer date code now on the tires. Um, so at lap 148, he passes the four, he's up to eighth. And then the 43 and the 48 uh, have a, have an incident and the 48 gets turned. Uh, the 54 hits the 48. Um, and like I said, Roger gets on the radio here at this point also and tells me he does a good job. And it looks like a new car out there. And he talks about date code issues with the 21. So what I found out from talking uh, to a couple, uh, well, one person actually <laughs> within the team is that the date codes, um, GM hands out the tires equally, or GM, sorry, Goodyear. Goodyear hands out the tires equally to everybody. And uh, the first sets of tires everybody used were older tires, uh, meaning they were about six months old off of production date. And older tires are harder tires, and they don't have as much grip because of that. And so the Penske cars, from the way I understood what was explained to me, is the Penske cars were having more issue with it than other cars. And this is like the chattering at the beginning of the race that Ryan describes and being tight on these restarts. Um, and what they did is they used those sets of tires first and got them out of the way. <laughs> and uh, it, it actually, the car starts to get better. <laughs> yeah. When they, I would when they start using the other tires. I'd a hundred percent agree with his uh, it's a brand new car because it, from this point forward um, he fires off so much better. And because mm-hmm. uh, he was free falling pretty much every single restart for the most part or early on in this race. So, um, now it's more about what's the racing like. And uh, you mentioned he made a bold move early on in one of these. If you were really paying attention, you know, as much as you could, you know, Ryan wasn't a huge factor in the race, so he was didn't get that much spotlight. Um, but if you could watch the wide shots as much as you could, man, he made some bold moves all throughout this race. If you, uh, mm-hmm. there was a few of those Dale Jr. esque slide job uh, commentary that I was doing on my mm-hmm. own watching this thing because mm-hmm. of some of the moves that he's making on some of these restarts. And um, we haven't really talked to, we could talk about it at the end too, but the racing itself, um, mm-hmm. especially with all the restarts that have been happening in this thing and keeping the, the, keeping the field close and just the way these cars were working, the way the tires were falling off. Uh, the way the air was working with everybody, man, the, the racing was pretty darn exciting. And mm-hmm. um, I talked about, you know, maybe Dover getting back on my list of tracks again to go see. Uh, Kansas is also one of those other ones that I might want to get to sometime in the future. It's not, you know, maybe Kansas City isn't the most flashy place to go to. I've been there once before for non-racing uh, events, but um, this this might be uh, one of those tracks to maybe maybe put on the list and, and venture out there into the the Midwest. Um, so we're staying out on this caution here. The leader is the five taking the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. And that uh, the restarts at lap 155, passes the nine to get to seventh. And at lap 157, he passes the one to get to sixth. And then at lap 158, we had a caution for the 20. Um, and Ryan says we're much better here. So once again, they're on the newer, a little bit newer tire now. Um, and the tire's reacting much better. Um, they're pitting in sixth or out eighth here at this one, even though they had a stop of 10.21. Uh, but 10 cars also stay out on this. So this is where some strategy things start to happen. Kind of flip the field a little bit. Uh, the 41 takes two tires. So Ryan is 17th for the choose on this one. Uh, the 22 is now the leader. Uh, he stayed, stayed out. 
Um, Take note of this, uh, especially when we start talking about strategy and calls that are made. So this is a a pretty bold strategy that Paul Wolf makes for Joey Logano uh, to try and gain him track position, try to gain him an advantage and hope that a caution comes out relatively soon. So that way they can flip things and um, be be on an advantage on tires here. So just keep this in mind for some things we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Um, the rear restart at lap 163 here, the eight, uh, the eight gets punted <laughs> on this restart, uh, Ryan's up to 15th. Uh, we get to the end of the stage, the 22 wins the stage. And, uh, now we've, we, we pitted right before the end of the stage. So now we're going to stay out. We're going to flip it, flip it into our advantage. Um, and the five, uh, is the leader here. He takes the bottom. Ryan is in sixth at this point, taking the bottom. We restart the la- uh, lap, uh, what do you got? 169 here. They're battling the 45. He's up to seventh. At uh, lap 172, he passes 19, gets to sixth. At lap 175, we get a caution for the 54. Um, now, Jonathan says, if we come, we have one uh, set of scuffs to use. Um, and they're talking about uh, what cars in front of them are going to do. Uh, if two or more you know, come in, cautions are going to happen in the future. So they're kind of like thinking about what, how many cautions are going to happen, how many sets of tires they have left. Um, and I think they end up staying out here because I think everybody else stays out. So the five takes the bottom for the restart. Ryan takes the bottom. Uh, at lap 184, he's up to fourth. He passed the 45 and the 23. <laughs> Got a little twofer there. Um, at lap 185 here, the 45 passes him back. So he's in fifth. The nine is taking the lead at this point. Uh, lap 27, 87, and the 19 passes. He's back to sixth. And uh, the, the 19 had pitted in there. So he was on fresh tires. He came up through um, a bunch of cars and got there within, what what would you say, about 10 laps. Um, at lap 190, we get caution for the 21. Uh, so now we're pitting and we're taking the four tires. And... Um, I think this is uh, that's with the scuffs here, because and we'll be one of the few teams at this point that'll have one set of stickers left. Everybody else will have their scuffs. So, um, and these are the these are the qualifying scuffs. So these are what they used in those two rounds of qualifying earlier in the weekend. And yeah, the whole idea behind this this strategy, like you said, and you just saw what the nineteen was able to do on fresh tires there, and those tires were only fresh by a few laps, I believe. So they're banking on. At some point between now and the end of the stage, a caution coming out and uh, being able to come in, put those tires on, and like I said, uh, they'd be driving like kings at that point. They'd be they'd be able to dice yeah. up through the field, and um, you know they haven't had the strongest car all day long. They haven't run up in the in the front. I said, you know, if this strategy pans out, it puts them in the conversation for the win. Um, I talked about other bold strategies working out, you know, just a few minutes ago with the 22. So the 22 decides to stay out um, right before the end of that other stage. They got yeah. lucky with a quick caution coming out. And then the caution was long enough that the stage ended and they were able to gain a bunch of tracks track position and then also put on um, some fresh tires after that. So um, wasn't the first, you know, bold strategy move of the day. It mm-hmm. ended up working out really well for the 22 and we'll kind of go through what happens here. Um, yeah. on this call. Yeah. So actually I, I'm, I'm foreshadowing too far ahead because this doesn't happen on this pit stop because they still had at this point, they had two sets of stickers and one set of scuffs. Gotcha. 
Um, okay, but the next one after that'll be the one. So they're in f- fifth, come out sixth here, uh, 10.376 seconds uh, stop. Uh, 11th for the restart because the 19, the 3, the 22, the 42, and the 38 stay out. Uh, 19th later takes the top, Ryan takes the bottom. The restart lap 195 sorts out to ninth here. Um, at lap 198, he actually passes the 22 for eighth. Um, the 19 is still the leader. Uh, the lap 202, he passes the nine for seventh. The five takes the lead at lap 205. We get a caution for the 42. So here it is here. We're at lap 205. Um, we're going to be what about when we restart less than 60 laps to the end. So here's where they go ahead and they, they put the scuffs on and still have those other tires on the wall, um, for later in the race. Um, the 19 and, and I think the 24, the other two teams that have stickers, because you mentioned the 19 yes. staying out just to stop before that. So that's kind of where he gained mm-hmm. his extra set. The 24 had mm-hmm. a kind of ridiculous day that I think involved a wave around or something there. That's where their extra set of tires came from. So you got three, at least three teams there that we know of that were on this strategy, hoping that a caution is going to come out between now and the end of the race and then um, race for the win, probably amongst themselves, assuming they're all able to come back up through the field if the opportunity uh, arose. Mm-hmm. Um so uh there um there's a uh this set of pit stops is a penalty for the 99 and the 23 and the 7 the 41 the 34 and the 51 stay out um so Ryan is a, actually 11th for the choose cone here they had a 10.667 uh pit stop so they pretty much held serve but four cars stayed out um and like I said 9 99 and the 19 took scuffs here um and Roger kind of comes on there and tells him a, a bunch of the different guys in front of him that took scuffs. Uh, so uh, they restart lap two to 11, actually uh, up to ninth um, in one lap. The 24 takes the lead by um, at lap two thirteen, He scrubs the wall in two um, and lose a little momentum there. Falls back to 11th at lap uh, two fourteen. There's a caution for the 43. He's up to 10th. Um, and they're staying out. So the 24 here is the leader. He takes the bottom line, takes the top. And they restart uh, lap 220 by lap 223 is an eighth. Um, once again, though, we're, pl- we're playing now, looking for one more caution to happen between here and, you know, with 10 to go or so, so that the, the fresh tires with stickers would, would take effect. Um, at lap 223 is a ninth. At lap 224, the three and the 45 he's racing with him. The five is leading. Um, at lap 227, the 45 passes. He's back to 11th. He talks about having no grip here. Uh, at lap 228, the four passes in 12th. At lap 247, Ryan scrubs the wall in three. Um, so he's he's trying to run up there, but, you know, it's getting a little loose. Uh, at lap 248, the 47 passes in 13th. He says he's wrecking loose here. At lap 250, the 16 passes. Um, he's back in uh, 14th at top 251 the 10 passes in 15th uh at lap you know 267 here the uh the 5 and the 11 are, are doing their battle for the lead here um and uh the 99 passes ryan so ryan gets to 16th at, at that point and then in that last lap we get that uh that 11 and 5 battle um that you know you can look at for from 10 different angles and can't figure out if the 5 hit the wall or the 11 squeezed him into the wall or did the 11 actually touch him and that's what made him go on the wall we're still not sure really i mean you look at some different angles it kind of looks like the two 
slap the wall and come off of it and then hit the 11. But then again, maybe the 11 had taken air off him. So that, yeah, no, the 11 was absolutely trying to take air off him. The 11 also left what I would say just enough, just a lane, just enough for the five to make it through the five though. You're talking about Ryan being wrecking loose. The five was pretty much wrecking loose. Maybe the last 10 laps of this race, Mm -hmm. um, my perspective from watching it live and also watching the replays is that the five was already loose and losing it into that corner um, was already in the wall while the, the 11 was pressing on his um, and did make just slight contact on his, on his, you know, the, the driver's side rear uh, quarter panel there. Um, so I think it all kind of happened at once. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, Denny just went up there and dumped them and like, nah, that's not what happened. Um, and you, you know, if he did, I think Larson would a little been a little bit more angry, I guess on his radio post, you know, post race, he said, Oh, I didn't think, you know, he'd race that way or something. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but I think he even had an opportunity to kind of see some replays and another example of two guys that are friends uh, that race mm-hmm. hard. And um, I mean, it was impressive. It was fun. I mean, that uh, race to the end uh, the way he was kind of tracking him down reminded me a lot of Ryan's win in Atlanta where Ryan just slowly, but surely just tracked that five car down mm-hmm. and passed him though. Ryan was able to pass him pretty much clean and blow by him. So the, yeah. the, the laps were running out for the 11 here. So he didn't really have a choice, but to really put a ton of pressure on the five car. Yeah. I always say like, well, watch what the drivers say, especially when they get right out of the car right away. Cause usually there's an emotional reaction, you know, and Larson gets out of the car and he, one of the first things he says, I got to see it first off. So he right away doesn't feel that he was wronged. He wants to see to make sure if he, before he says anything or gives any, throws out any blame or anything, but he doesn't really feel like he's wronged. Like, cause most guys, if they're emotional and they get out of the car and they think they're wronged, they're going to tell you right away. Oh, this guy really gave, did a number on me. Um, and then it was one of the most surreal interviews because they're trying to interview him and all of a sudden. Fisticuffs. He's, he's looking out of, <laughs> yeah, he's looking out over the, over the reporter's shoulder and all of a sudden he sees whatever was going on between the uh the drivers of the one and the 42 cars who uh they had a little beef i guess um, um on which road uh yeah i was gonna say let's let's put a pause on the fight talk and just recap you know maybe the ryan's finish real quick so uh you yeah. know recap the strategy to there obviously one of those situations where the strategy didn't pan out um i said this you know to a lot of folks on social media that were questioning what happened um, a lot of people didn't know TV didn't really cover the 12 car and their strategy here. So a lot of people thought the car just fell off. They're like, Oh, they didn't keep up with the changes in the track. And this is, uh, you know, so it cost them a, a chance at a good finish. It's like, no, this, this happened because of a strategy, a tire strategy. They're banking on working out. Um, and I always say it's really easy to, to say whether a strategy was good or bad after you've seen the race play out. Um, when yeah. they made the call to put the scuffs on, I said, this is perfect. This race has been full of cautions all race long. Why, when things are getting as, you know, building up to the intensity that they were building, why would we not get a caution in this final run of this yeah. race? Well, it didn't happen. Um, if it did, they look like geniuses, geniuses, you know, Jonathan, people would be praising Jonathan. Remember back to Phoenix, Jonathan made a tire strategy call at the end of that Phoenix race or a strategy call at the end of that Phoenix race that put Ryan on the front row, uh, ends up Mm -hmm. finishing second. And people praise that, you know, from all of our social medias, from Twitter to Facebook, you know, Instagram, everybody praised that call and the finish that they got here. Um, We would have been in a very similar situation here. And like I said, it works out. I think, I don't know that Ryan wins the race, but it puts him in the conversation. Um, 
when the Toyotas dominate the race the way they did, okay, and you've got six of seven of them out front for a couple stages, you have to do something outside the box, okay? Was Ryan going to win the race? You know, not without something different happening. Um, if he, if the caution happens with 20 to 30 to go, somewhere in that range, at least 10, 10 more after the restart where they can make something happen. And he's got stickers and there were only like two or three other teams that still had stickers on the wall. And he's racing those cars and getting through the traffic and getting through the field. And I say traffic and field, he probably would only restart 12th or 13th or whatever. Everybody else may have come in and put their older tires on or their scuffs on. And within two or three laps, he passes a bunch of them. Then all of a sudden you've got a top five finish and then who knows what else. And the thing is, is they weren't going to get that any other way. Um, because if you just go on the raw speed alone, um, the, the, you know, the, the analytics of it just shows you that the Toyotas, you know, if, if everything would have went without a caution, everybody ran a green flag shot, uh, stops, there would have been six Toyotas at the front of the field at the end of the race. You know what I mean? So you had to do things to affect things. Logano's strategy, um, flipping it when he did and flipping himself into the position, he was able to flip himself. It worked perfectly for him. You know, he ends up being up there, uh, uh you know, in the top 10. So, but you have to make that try. You have to make that effort. Um, uh, the finish doesn't show, but they got better and better as the race went along, which is what you always want. You want to get a little more speed. You want to get better handling. And the pit stops, like I said, were perfect. Um, I, I, I do this every week. I jump on social media. I start looking at things and start reading people's comments. And I, I, I shake my head. And they try to tell you that they watch the race and they know what they're talking about. And um, I'm going to try to bring as much fact to this as I can. Um, we've definitely, you know, have said the facts when they've happened in the, in the past. But this week here and the last two, three weeks, they've been perfect. Um, are they going to get 9.8 second stops every time? No. But if the driver executes on and off pit road correctly, which Ryan's been doing, and they do these sub 11 second stops, they gain positions almost every time out. And then if they don't, somebody ends up getting a penalty <laughs> because they tried too hard, you know, and did something wrong on pit road. And they'll gain a position that way. If it, if it happens that way, because you were, they were a little more uh, precise in what they were doing. So um, just, if they can just keep executing that way, every week's going to be a good week. Now is 16th, the finish we want. And I'm sure it's not, but um, execution of the weekend and execution of what they got to do uh, was pretty good. Pretty good for the weekend. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is this is a team and TV has been good about saying it. I don't, I don't even know the exact number, but um, what is it, 55, 56 races without a points win? They're trying to win a race. Maybe they're you know trying to steal one here. They weren't going to be the fastest car. The Toyotas, hands down, fastest, especially on a run long run, all race long. The, the Chevys, uh, especially Hendrick, kind of picked it up in the last stage or two. Um, were able to get some speed on some shorter runs and able to lead some laps there. But the Toyotas were going to dominate. They dominated at Kansas, uh, 45 cars specifically at Kansas last year uh, in both of those races. So um, they want to win a race. They tried to make a call that would put them in the best position to potentially win a race. That's why I said multiple times during this recap, remember that call the 2020, the 22 made early on because say the, the caution doesn't come out right away and the stage comes to an end in on that strategy, 
there's a chance, you know, out there on no tires, he could have free fall through the field and, and been in big trouble, but it worked out for them, you know? So like I said, if this call works out for us, a caution comes out, everybody looks like a genius. Brian probably ends up in the top five or at least has a shot to win the race. And we're talking about something completely different, talking about something kind of like what happened at Phoenix earlier. So, um, all I can see is a team that wants to win. They're doing everything they can to win. Um, the pit crew has been, you know, like consistent, consistently good the last several weeks, like you said. And um, I have no reason to believe that they're not capable of winning this season. I'm hoping that it comes sooner than later. Um, so we could kind of finish this recap. I, I paused you on the talk. So you were just talking about Larson kind of seeing during his interview, the fisticuffs break out on pit road. And uh, we, we see the, uh, the, the driver of the 42 Noah Gregson, who, you know, in the Xfinity series previously has gotten in several scuffles along the way. Um, some successful, some not so successful for him. And uh, the other one here is going to be, you know, we have NASCAR's most popular driver in Chase Elliott. We also have NASCAR's most talked about driver uh, across all mediums, even outside of the sport in Ross Chastain. Once again, you know, at the center of a controversy uh, that that happens on the track. And so this fight's going to go all the way back a couple of weeks where I would say it started brooding with the the 42. And that's an incident that happened at Talladega, a race that we were at. Um, Something that maybe was another one of those 50-50 things. actually saw a lot of people saying, you know, Ross didn't really cause that crash. The 42 left the door open. He tried to take it, and it is what it is. So, But that's kind of where the 42, Noah Gregson, kind of got his feelings hurt to begin with. And um, during this race... There's a point when, um, which you saw this a lot at Kansas throughout this race with, with other guys too, you know, guys taking a big sweeping entry into the corner, not being able to hold the bottom, sliding up the track. Um, in most cases, maybe narrowly, narrowly missing the car that's in the top lane. In this specific case, uh, Chastain ends up kind of dooring the 42. Um, could have, might have been a mutual move there. I think the 42 is coming down the track a little bit. The one goes up the track. 42 ends up in the wall. 42 tries to take a swipe at him a couple of times on that lap. I guess he took some more swipes at him during the race. And then uh, post-race here, potentially with some encouragement from the nine car, um, goes down and, and, and confronts Ross. So we have a Noah Gregson versus Ross Chastain, which initially looked like it was just going to be one of those classic shoving matches, but that didn't last too long, did it? You know what they say, if you're going to start a fight, throw the first punch, right? <laughs> if you land it, and that way, if you land it, you've, you've dazed the other guy a little bit. Um, yeah, you, if you read lips and, and some of the, somebody did have an actual audio version from over, uh, over Ross's shoulder where they, where they yeah, you could hear them audibly. He was audibly saying to um, Noah, you know, Noah puts his uh, hand on Ross at one point. So that kind of starts it because now you've initiated contact with somebody. And, uh, at that time, Ross said like three times in a row, don't stop, stop, just stop. Okay. And when he says that, as you if you watch Ross's hands very carefully, Ross's, uh, left hand goes down and grabs the wrist of Noah's right hand. And then he decides to throw. So he makes sure that Noah can't get a punch up right off the bat. And then he goes ahead and throws his right hand. And once again, the noise is really audible <laughs> on the, on the video from different angles. Um, uh, Noah might have a shiner uh, <laughs> at the track this weekend coming up. It's possible. And like, for me, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to feel. I know, you know, hockey people, 
there's people that love the fighting. There's people that hate the fighting NASCAR. Everyone always say it goes all the way back to the 1979 Daytona 500 and the Allison's and yada, yada, yada. Um, we haven't really gotten that many good, good actual fights in a while. Um, I was talking to Steve a little bit before we started recording and I said, yeah, we haven't really have had a good punch land in the cup series in a long time. We had a, a really great punch that was kind of shown on social media a few days later with Austin Hill and my, uh, my Snyder last year or Hill completely uh, leveled Snyder. Um, but this is somewhat probably one of the first good cup series punches that have landed in a long time. My problem here though, is that security gets in the way or whoever that was. I don't even know who that was gets in the if way was, and Noah doesn't get a chance. <laughs> if he was with the motor, uh, legacy motor club, then he didn't even give his own guy a shot to throw a punch. He grabbed I have no idea who it was. I believe that's what they're saying. He was, he was from, um, who was it? The two guys were rolling around on the track at one point. It was, uh, I think it was a truck race. Was that T- John West Townley back in the day? Yeah. And somebody, that was a truck race. Yep. It was a truck race. You know, you don't want to see it get to that, you know, because really somebody could get hurt. Yeah. Um, but afterward, um, Gregson is is walking away, and they caught audio of Chase Elliott saying to him, "Somebody had to do it." <laughs> and it's like, well, why is somebody fighting your battles? First off, no, no offense, but you know, if you felt that way, you should have taken care of it too. But uh, these these things also happen when guys race together more and more often. Um, you know, you mentioned Talladega two two weeks ago and uh, that incident. And there's some reports that they they actually had some words on the plane flight home. They were on the same plane. Plus the fact that they, uh, part of the Chevy program, they all train together. So he's going to see him at the gym. Uh, they brought that up. Um, of course, maybe uh, Noah won't go to those sessions anymore. They're going to be a Toyota <laughs> team now. Um, but uh, just like uh, there was some frustration with Ryan and Bubba during the weekend this weekend. Well, they're racing around each other more. Um so the more often you race around some guy, some guys, uh, the more likely you are to get under each other's skin, have something happen. Um, a lot of times, though, we don't hear about the discussions. They happen in the uh, the trailer, uh, you know, the lot afterward, or they happen at the next next week before practice, or you know, they reach out to each other and talk about it, um, agree to disagree sometimes, whatever it is. But the more often these guys race around each other, the more often there's a chance for somebody to get underneath somebody's skin, you know, and because um, it's happened, it's happened to everybody. It's happened to Ryan, <laughs> you know, Ryan had words with Jimmy Johnson. He's had words with Kevin Harvick, you know. So, yeah, I think the, the Harvick words is the only time I think he's really ever made any sort of almost semi-contact with somebody. But, uh, mm-hmm. but and it was after and it was yeah. after he got he got kind of nudged so so you know um, I, don't, I don't know what to think all i can say is that um people for a year and a half now have been saying somebody needs to go physically approach ross chastain mm-hmm. it's taken this long and um finally somebody did and you know who ends up winning maybe with the help of security here is ross chastain yeah um he is basically shown and he's himself has been in, in some fights uh, coming up as well. Um, so I think they know that he's already, you know, been willing to fight in his past, but I think he just kind of put the garage on alert, alert here again, like, okay, you can get upset with me on the track. You cannot like the moves that I make. If you do come confront me, I'm not afraid to throw hands. And um, <laughs> that's, that's what we got. So 
It was it was the gift that kept on giving because even in the um, Denny Hamlin's press conference after he didn't know what happened, somebody that I think asked him. But when he was done asking questions, he got off the stage. He goes down to Bob Pockross. Bob shows him the video of it. <laughs> and, and Denny was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, so. And it unlocked um, uh, Jeff Jeff Gluck's Twitter. I don't know how long oh, that's going to last, yeah, but Jeff yeah, had the video for, of Bob showing the video. It's like Inception. The video yeah. of Bob showing, the, showing the video to Denny and getting those great videos. Uh, those great shots of uh, yeah. yeah his reaction to watching. So I don't know if at this point, if, if Gluck's Twitter is still unlocked, but it, it's back to being shareable. So <laughs> I, I don't know. This isn't the Ross Chastain or Noah Gregson podcast, but obviously we're going to touch on things like this that are, that are really big. I mentioned about halfway through how excited I was for the racing at Kansas. Um, the two races last year were both really good, even though, um, you know, we didn't prevail and, and the, the 45 car won both of them. I've just been really super impressed with the racing at this this track. I know we've been to some mile and a half this year that we had high hopes for that maybe, you know, didn't live up to expectations. But something about is the weather conditions and the tire that they brought there and the age of the track and um, everything just all came together is all coming together at Kansas. Honestly, Kansas for with this next gen car. And super exciting, you know, people, you know, Dale Jr. and all these other people are tweeting about it already being, you know, race of the year. And um, I'm just glad we're in the conversation, especially since this was a big uh, weekend for motorsports in the U.S. with the Formula One race happening in, in Miami and uh, which ended up kind of being a snooze fest. So NASCAR, I think, took the spotlight this weekend. The drama brought by Chastain in this fight even amplified that even more and makes it kind of that quintessential NASCAR race weekend that everyone really needs and that the sport really needs to to keep making headlines going forward. Um, so I want to take a look at the NASCAR Cup Series point standings because we've been following along with this uh, all year long. I've mentioned, you know, Ryan hasn't, the last couple of weeks has had an uptick in performance that's actually brought him back up in the standings. Um, I was thinking, you know, it's, it's really it's really odd because he hasn't dominated races like he has, has a couple of second place finishes along the way. Um, but I thought, you know, with the way the teams perform, you know, maybe, you know, they're they're hanging around the bottom of the, the top 10 to 15th. But this is a team that actually is still seventh in the point standings. Uh, we're talking straight up points. We're not putting in the wins or doing playoff project projections here. Um, he did lose 10 points to the leader this week. So he's back to minus 54 to the points leader, which is Ross Chastain uh, with a total of 350 points on the year. So if I run through the top 10 in the cup series point standing again, Chastain's in first followed by bell, Truex, Hamlin, Harvick, Reddick, Laney, Larson, Byron, and Keselowski. So the 12 team, again, performing really well, consistently uh, gaining points, some more stage points that kind of saved the day a little bit early in this race where they got stage points, get a 16th place finish. Obviously, that's not what they wanted to come out of the day with, but it still keeps them in pretty decent position. Again, only to be 54 points out of the lead. That's really important. And that's going to be a really important win. Again, I know we talked about it all year long, but when again, when they get to victory lane, um, that's going to put them in really good position going into the playoffs if they can hang around in that spot. So that's the wrap up of Kansas. So it's probably time for us to jump ahead and talk about throwback weekend happening this, 
this weekend at Darlington Raceway. Let's go ahead and give you the NASCAR on TV report for Darlington. The action is going to kick off on Friday, May 12th at 7.30 p.m. with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Buckle Up South Carolina 200. You can watch that on FS1. And then Saturday morning, May 13th at 10.30 a.m., you can watch NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying on FS1 and then followed a little bit later in the day with the NASCAR Xfinity Series Shiner, Shriners Children's 200 at 1.30 p.m., and it says it's on Fox. So that's going to be the one thing all weekend long that's actually going to be on the network Fox. Um, then Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th, 3 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series Goodyear 400 at Darlington, back over on FS1. Um, I don't think we had the opportunity to talk about it last week, but Ryan does have a, have a throwback paint scheme. Uh, for this weekend's race at Darlington. It's really cool because it's throwing back once again to his dad, Dave Blaney, and um, mirroring one of his Casey Luna Ford sprint cars from the World of Outlaw series back in the the mid-80s or there, or the or sorry, in the I think the mid-90s there. Um, it's another one of those yellow and blue Menards paint schemes. Kind of works out the way that his maybe Jasper throwback worked a little bit. If you look really closely on this car, the one thing that you can kind of see where they're getting at, uh, there's like a zigzag down the side of the side of the door there. That is what is very similar to the paint that was on that sprint car. So, um, you know, as longtime Blaney fans, I'm going to love the opportunity for uh, Ryan to go out there and run a car that once again, throws back to his dad. Yeah. That's, um, you know, there were a couple of people like, what is that? Or who is that? And, uh, you can tell that's the younger crowd. <laughs> I'm not picking on you guys. Um, but, um, those of us who've seen that car in action, um, seen it up close and live, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool that, uh, they're still doing that kind of throwback and allowing, uh, Ryan to, uh, to honor his dad. I think somebody actually said technically it's the 98 version of the car, right? So it's 25 years, you know, anniversary of that car. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, pretty cool to see that this weekend. Um, and it's pretty cool to see all these different paint schemes this weekend. Uh, the ones that you recognize and some of the ones that you don't even, but, uh, like, uh, the one car is going to do something special <laughs> and ho- hopefully he'll be running near the 11 car. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I mean, the, the, the opportunities abound for things that people can do throwbacks on. Some are winners, some are losers. I I've taken, um, I wasn't a big fan of what the four car is doing this weekend. I said it was the first L, the first loss of the year for this this Kevin Harvick uh, um, retirement tour is that they're doing a, a Sunny D paint scheme that's orange and yellow. And they say they're throwing it back to one of Harvick's, you know, original cars, but the colors are not the same. The the stripes that they kind of have in the middle are the same, but I just thought it was a, it was well, a big the- fail, so... Yeah, the, what they were saying is it was supposed to be a paint scheme he was supposed to run before he got yeah, thrust into the Yeah, going back to the, the, AOL, the AOL car that right. Dave and actually ended up running Dave, at some point Dave ran that, his career. Yeah, Dave ran that AOL car when it was the 30 car um, before they changed to the 07 the next year. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing that confused me because they take that AOL car, they put the picture of it up there, but then they turn it black and white. So you can't tell what colors it is. And we all know it's blue and yellow. Everybody yeah. who's old enough to remember AOL knows what color AOL was. So yeah, the Harvard car is yellow and orange and not this, not even close to the yellow that the AOL was. So I don't know. I guess they tried. 
<laughs> but um, I thought if anything, if they were going to go with that color scheme, maybe throw back to one of his old Reese's cars that he ran with it with the 29. Yeah. So yeah, I think really. a missed, missed opportunity there. So some winners, some losers uh, when it comes to throwback paint scheme. But the weekend overall, I've been to that race a couple of times in the last few years and um, a really fun weekend to go to Darlington. Uh, they're going to have uh, as many of the guys that they can that have been added to this NASCAR 75 greatest drivers list. They're going to be on hand. I think they might even be giving the command um, in the TV booth. Uh, I think Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett will be on for one of the stages. And one of the surprises is, and one of those 75 greatest drivers, Carl Edwards, after about what eight or so years absent from the sport is going to be in the Fox TV booth for, I think stage two of the race. So if you're a Carl Edwards yeah. fan, you might want to tune in uh, to this race and watch it on, on FS one and might just see, see what's been going on with cousin Carl over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the fun stuff to talk about. The not so fun stuff to talk about is probably going to be Ryan's track record at Darlington over the years. Um, average start of 10.3, not too bad average finish of 18.6 so he's had some struggles here over the years there's been a slight uptick in performance since the 2021 season uh last four finishes here at darlington 8th 22nd 17th 13th i will say that uh the 22nd place finish i believe he was running really well in that race um had an issue with some contact late in the race where he had to make a pit stop Uh, The Southern 500 last year, when he finished 13th, they did have a miscue on pit road. Uh, They they had they had feared that they left a wheel loose. He had to come back down again, uh, make a set second stop. They lost a bunch of track position. He was only able to race his way back up to 13th. So Darlington statistically not his best track, but we what we have been seeing with Richmond, with Dover. Uh, more more recently, um, some of these tracks where he's been in this average finish of you know 16th to 18th, they've been starting to turn things around, and I think maybe this is the really important weekend where they can continue to make strides at a place that maybe haven't been his favorite track to go to uh, on the series. Yeah, you know the the weekend is um, looking the the same as Kansas for weather, um, 90s, um, which will make it hot and slippery, and you know that Darlington has tire wear. Uh, so there should be a lot of comers and goers. Uh, hopefully there's not a, a lot of, um, if there are cautions, they're non-Ryan cautions. <laughs> let's not get involved in anybody else's mess. Um, and then uh, let's go from there and see what happens. So we know that one thing that he's really good at is uh, tire conservation. Um, so if there are some longer green flag runs, um, it'd be great to see uh, how uh, how well he maintains uh, his uh, speed during those runs and actually starts picking off spots um, because it's interesting when they get to like a 60 or 80, 80 lap thing before a green flag cycle uh, begins in those last like 20 laps before they actually pit Ryan will be two tenths faster than guys in front of him and just start picking them off, you know, getting to another one, getting to another one, five laps later, he's already caught another guy. It was two seconds ahead of him. So um, that's always fun stuff to watch that uh, that the in-car camera that they give us now, uh, definitely makes it uh, uh, more interesting. So again, on the Cup Series side, if that's all you're interested in, kicks off Saturday, May 13th, 10.30 a.m. for practice and qualifying on FS1. That's going to give you a really decent idea uh, of what kind of car that they're going to have for this race and where he's going to qualify at for the race on Sunday. Again, celebrating Mother's Day this Sunday, May 14th with the Cup Series at Darlington, 3 p.m. Eastern time for the Goodyear 400. Um, So let's jump back here and do our weekly Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live recap 
Um, wasn't a stellar week for me. Uh, I can go through my, my starters here. Um, I actually did have Ryan Blaney in the garage originally, but I did move him up. So my original starters were Byron, Larson, Reddick, Logano, and Gibbs, and Blaney in the garage. Um, really big, ends up being a big mistake for me in the fact that I had the opportunity. So Ryan was in my garage. I had the opportunity to either move Byron out of my lineup or Ty Gibbs out of my lineup. And at this point, William Byron was a couple laps down deep in the field. And I thought his race was pretty much over. And I said, Ty Gibbs has been running pretty decent in this race. Let's keep the rookie in, put Byron in the garage. Well, I think it, that uh, what the, Gibbs was the first caution after the, the second stage or the end of the second stage or the, the beginning of the third stage. So um, Ty Gibbs ends up having trouble. That kind of ruins my fantasy day. Byron ends up coming back and getting a pretty decent finish in this race. So uh, Blaney gets me 24 points, Larson 38, Reddick 35, Logano 41, um, which was second on the day in points earned because he did uh, did finish really well in those, those stages early on. And Gibbs, because of his incident there, uh, because what I would say of his impatience on uh, getting back to pit road with some flat tires and destroying his car only got me 11 points uh, in my featured matchups. I picked Hamlin over Truex. That was right. I picked Gibbs over Barry. That was wrong. I picked Reddick over Bubba Wallace. That was wrong. I picked Larson over Chastain. That was right. So I split the difference there two out of the four. Um, you had a decent day. What did your, your starting lineup look like? Um, I had Truex, Hamlin, um, Ryan, Reddick, and Chastain. I actually had Byron in the lineup and did the same thing you did. Moved him out when he was in deep trouble and um, never couldn't get back to him in time because it was the third stage before we, uh, you know, he recovered. So, um, so I had, uh, you know, Ryan, let's see, 24 points out of Ryan, 38 out of Truex, 51 out of Hamlin. Uh, 35 out of Reddick, 34 out of Chastain, and I did the same exact thing you did on the picks. So I split them two and two. Um, so you know, not bad. I mean, Byron would have been about ten more points if I switched him. Let's say with Ryan, you know, with ten more points actually though, <laughs> would have been uh, <laughs> pretty good though, <laughs> from where I ended up. So, so let's take a look at the top. Uh, point getters this week at Kansas. I was not one of those. I finished in a tie for 64th with 169 points earned. Uh, you had a much better day than me. You finished in a tie for 26 with 202 points earned. <clears throat> if you would have gotten those 10 points from Byron, you would have ended up in this three-way. It would have made it a four-way tie for 13th with yeah. 212. So unfortunately, that didn't work out for you. Um, so let's go into the top 10 in points earned the team played in NASCAR Fantasy Live League this past week at Kansas. Tied for 10th, we have Go Larson and Angie 12 with 215 points. A three-way tie for 7th with Cool Guy 2K, Blaney Kicks, Beep, Super Mod, and Go and Super Mod with 216 points. We have a tie for 5th with No Hesitation and Alyssa C with 218 points. Um, in the 4th position, Blaniac 10 to 19 third whip wilson that's a new one 222 points and second here second and first are two classic names in the, in the league here Waterbug with 225 and rounding out in the first position here blaney's daisy 226 points earned at kansas speedway getting them the win for the weekend so um yeah you get those 10 extra points man that was really tight honestly um mm-hmm. 
that we talk about that every week, how tight this league can be on points. So, um, but I think I do have good news for you, unfortunately, when I take a look <laughs> at the overall standings in the league, because I think you may have moved up some positions here. I myself am um, actually, I think I still have, have moved up just a little bit somehow. Uh, 35th position, Team Blaney host Adam, 2,118 points. You are part of the top 10, and I'll go through that now. Uh, in the 10th position, Sam Speedsters, 2,242. In 9th, Eric D15, 2,245. In 8th, Blaring Idiots, 2,258. 7th, Mez12, 2,266. 6th, Penske Fan, 24, 2,278. 5th, Epic Chickens, 1916, 2,315. 4th, Christian Dana, 2,317. 3rd, Blaney's Daisy, 2,324. Um, here's this is what you need to watch here. Uh, second, go Larson 2343 and Factory of Sadness six is leading the way in the first position. They had a really big lead probably about three weeks ago. That has dwindled now to just a seven point lead, 2350 points. So, seven points separate first and second in the league. I, um, I don't know what to do to save my team. I thought there was a point there when I finished in the top 10 and I was just outside the top 10. I think the week after that, um, things are not working out for me. You somehow though, up there in the seventh position and uh, getting some good picks in there week in week out. Yeah, I am. Um, pay attention for at least 10, 15 minutes, you know, from watching practice and qualifying. And then I kind of, I'll set some set some lineups based on where guys are near the front, uh, where they're going to start near the front, and just hopefully don't have that issue where two guys get knocked out of the race early. You know, because if you get one knocked out early and you can make the the garage swap, you at least can save some points on the day. Um, what I really got to start doing is getting the matchups better because it's you know it's 40, 40 points or ten points a piece, and uh, you know I seem to split them every week. So I'm losing 20 points every week that I, I got to get my hands on. So one other thing that's kind of set the, it's kind of like fantasy racing world on fire in the last week. Uh, something that was started by Denny Hamlin on his podcast is suggestion that he had was to have like a summer series and a bracket challenge come out for the sport to kind of keep things interesting over the summer. Well, they've started it early and dirty Mo media picked it up real quick. It's too late. Uh, to get in on this. So um, mm-hmm. if you're one of the, I think they said around 40,000 people had filled out brackets. You and mm-hmm. I were some of those people. Some of the other folks in our discord have also filled out brackets along the way. Uh, so we've made our picks and I thought we'd add this to our fantasy recap here just to see how we are going week to week. And this bracket goes from Kansas to Darlington, to Charlotte, to gateway wraps up with the championship at Sonoma works just like, you know, an NCA style bracket would they took the drivers, uh, as far as point standings go, they seeded them in that order. Um, one, yeah, one, one to thirty-two. So instead of setting up, um, you know, NCA brackets are four separate brackets, one and sixteen in each bracket. You know, one through sixteen in each bracket. They just took the top thirty-two and set up a bracket that way. Um, but hopefully, most everybody would be able to, you know go by the seedings pretty pretty easily but you've got guys like the like elliot chase elliot who's seated a lot lower than you normally would have because of where he is in the standings right now so um the seedings uh, you know kind of affected things a little bit um 
Denny come on his podcast afterward, after they launched this thing and put out a thing that if he had a, somebody had a perfect bracket, you'd win basically a hot pass for like a year or something like that. Um, which is a great prize. Um, but we already found out that nobody has a perfect bracket through one week. <laughs> yeah. And I can I guarantee you, I know exactly where that happened. Yeah. It happened. It, it, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I think it happened at the, at the, at the potentially at the bottom. So, yeah. um, I was able to get 11 out of the 16, right? So I had five of them wrong. Uh, you fared much better. I think you got 14 out of 16. And I think you said you were just probably one decision there away from getting 15 out of 16 here. So I'll go through the ones that I got wrong. Um, I picked Kyle Bush over Eric Almarola, um, who both of these guys actually had trouble in this race. Almarola was able to, to rebound and have a decent finish. Bush ended up uh, on the inside wall and out of the race. So, uh, unfortunately for me, I had Bush going all the way uh, to the the matchup in Charlotte, um, and I was going to have him matched up with Chastain. So uh, I already have the next two straight weeks guaranteed to at least have one of my picks wrong. Um, I also had Truex uh, picked over Elliott. That didn't work out for me, so I had so I did have Truex advancing. So I'll automatically have that pick. Um, well, I might not automatically have that wrong, but. Um, my next one, I picked Cindric over Stenhouse. Obviously, Austin struggled all race long, had a wheel fall off at one point, got into the wall. That was unfortunate. I picked uh, Ty Gibbs over uh, Bowman slash Barry. They kind of have those two linked together right now because since Barry's filling in for Bowman for the time being, picked Gibbs, and that did not work out. Gibbs also ended up crashed. And this is the one I think you're talking about, the 31st seed mm-hmm. against the two seed, Christopher Bell. Austin Dillon, I, and probably a majority of the people picked Christopher Bell. So this is probably where you were saying this is where mm-hmm. people ended up with 15 out of 16, right? Because they probably got this one wrong. So unfortunately, just like my Bush pick, I had Bell going all the way uh, to the third round there in Charlotte. So I'm going to have some, I'm going to have some problems there. I'm hoping maybe by the time we get to uh gateway in Sonoma, maybe things will have turned around for me. Um, man, actually, man, I had Bush going even further. So yeah, all mm-hmm. the way to the, I had Bush going all the way, uh, to a matchup. Actually, I have Ryan, I mean, full disclosure, uh, total Homer here. I have Ryan going all the way to the championship, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I did have Ryan matched up with Kyle Bush all the way, at, all the way at that race at gateway. So, um, my bracket is not completely busted, but it's not looking great. So, but you, mm-hmm. you're in a much better spot right now. I think with just your, the two misses that you had. Right. Yeah. A little bit better, but my, my issue is the same, same type of issue. Bell, I have Bell going all the way to the final four, um, which would be gateway. Um, now he loses at that point. So if everything else goes to plan besides that, um, and then I get, I, I homered homered also, <laughs> if everything goes to plan like that, but with everything else besides those, ma- that, his matchups, um, yeah, I could be close to winning this thing. I mean, it really could, because I'm sure that not everybody's got the same thing, but everything else, like I said, everything else I've got to have correct, uh, from here on in, you know, uh, including, uh, that matchup, uh, my final matchup would be Byron and Blaney. So, um, this week coming up, um, uh, you know, we've got Chastain and Suarez, which is an interesting matchup, uh, because they're both track house guys. And at Darlington, um, they're both going to be strong. Keselowski and Amarola um, is a, is the next matchup down, and that should be really interesting too. Uh, looking at a couple Fords going at it, um, <laughs> Ryan and Bubba. 
uh, it's the next one below that. And yeah, Darlington, you know, like I said, anything goofy can happen. That's the thing about bell getting knocked out is he got knocked out and, uh, that could hurt, hurt uh, a higher, higher seed here. So, um, do you see Elliot the matchup Lagan- of the week? Uh, or what's are you just going thing? down through? I'm going right gonna, down the uh, list. Let's so, guess yeah, I keep right going. Down. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, I've got, got Logano and Elliot, um, Harvick and Stenhouse, which, you know, should be a Harvick win, but you never know. Um, Byron and Reddick, Hamlin and Larson. That's the matchup and, of the week right there. That's the matchup of the week. Yeah. Then we got our Bowman, uh, slash Barry versus Dylan. So, um, yeah, Hamlin and Larson, um, and, you know, th- that's a pretty even matchup, you know, even though the seating is what, what, what it was going into it, but, uh, Hamlin's yeah. coming in as the, he was won the Southern 500. Um, Joey Logano won the spring race. Uh, Larson's really good. Uh, Larson and Reddick are again, one of those guys that are going to get talked about a lot. You know, the whole Darlington stripe running up against the wall, guys that can hang it out there and, and you know, keep their cars off the wall long enough and, and to still make speed. So, um, yeah, Hamlin and Larson, I think it, you know, they went and battled for this victory at Kansas this past week. I think there's a decent chance that they're going to battle for this win at Darlington. And I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, um, look past Reddick as well. That, that's a, that Reddick Byron matchup is going to be really interesting too, because I think they're kind of also pretty evenly matched there too. And Byron, in the spring race last year was the one that was battling with Logano for the win then too. So, um, and he's got a lot of momentum this year, you know, a couple of victories already in his pocket and a couple that, that got away from him too. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting about all these matchups is that, 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 you know, the, the week after Charlotte, the week after that's gateway. And then I think the last one was Sonoma and, you know, certain guys at certain tracks, but then again, if they don't win the week prior, what, you know, then what's the difference? So uh, that's what makes this exciting. That's what made it fun. Something else uh, to talk about. Yeah, it it is. It's something cool to look at. And, and, you know, um, I, they, they did it so quickly and put it together and that's great. On the other hand, uh, hopefully they've learned from a couple of things already with the the way the website set up and so forth. Cause uh, you know, there are some things with brackets that are a little bit easier to follow. If they would have probably split them off, I mean, they still could see one through 32, but if they would have maybe split them off and put the, top, uh, the first 16 brackets on the left and the other 16 brackets on the right and had them come toward the middle, um, that's one way of doing it. That's that's the way most of your NCA brackets are set up, so they come to the middle. Um, but I think they did it this way because they wanted to list each track above yep. it. So you know which track was coming up. Um, I think the fans, the fans really forced their hand on this one. I don't think they expected all those listeners of Denny's podcast because the people started coming out and uh, releasing their own brackets. So I think that's when dirty Mo was like, hold on, we need to, we need to direct the narrative on this thing and and pounce when they can. So I think that, I think there'll be some improvements. He didn't even, you know, he even said, you know, maybe this isn't the only one this year, you know, maybe this one runs its course. They wait a week or two and then they do another one. Maybe they do another one going all the way to the, the championship round or something too so it's just something fun um something that you know fellow fans like i said some folks in our team blaney discord server all filled out brackets and we're going to follow along as that goes too and we'll talk about it here on on the podcast as well 
So, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Team Blaney podcast. Again, I know we said it at the top of the show, uh, but thank you, Ryan Blaney, for coming on and talking with us last week and giving us some great insight and uh, answering all our questions and having some fun along the way. If for some reason you missed that episode, make sure you go back and listen to it, watch it on YouTube. Uh, I've been putting I've been putting up short clips from that interview uh, the last couple of uh, over the weekend. I'm probably going to keep posting more over the next couple of weeks, too, just in case people didn't get a chance to watch the whole way through. There's some really fun stories that Ryan tells that I want to make sure get out there, at least in short form, so people can go ahead and consume that. And uh, again, thank you to everybody else that listened to that made that such a really, really big success for us. And uh, thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into this episode as well of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney fan club to learn more visit ryan blaney family foundation.org or follow them on facebook twitter and instagram and i know we've talked with uh leah blaney reeves we've talked with ryan last week about the efforts that the foundation have going on they have their big driving for good golf tournament coming up they've been really pushing that you can go and get on that wall of fame for a donation of $50 or more. You'll get your wall of fame card back autographed by Ryan Blaney. If you're a member of the Blaney bunch fan club with, if you're not, you should, it's really affordable and really fun. Um, they have a drawing, I think for anybody that entered into the wall of fame as well, that could win a special prize to um, tied to that. So something that's really, really cool that they're doing out there. If you can't even just get to the event itself, um, in Charlotte, the, the week before the 600, you can still participate by making a donation. I think the donation starts at $25 to get your name on the wall of fame, $50 and more. Ryan is going to sign that wall of fame card, send it back to you. And it turns into a really, really cool souvenir. Yeah. And check out the auction items also. Cause, uh, we, 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 uh, they haven't really announced what they are just yet. They usually about a week out, we'll find out what some of them are. Um, but usually the, the auction items are pretty cool. Um, our friends, uh, Jerry and Kirsten last year won uh, one uh, uh, six hundred suite, yep. yeah, to the to the six hundred in, in a suite. So, um, so there's some cool things like that every year. Uh, so make sure you, if you can't be there to check that out because maybe you can win something nice and uh, you know it goes toward charity, which is great. And uh, you know, so check that out. Let's do it. But for now, and for my co-host Steve, I am Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.